You are tuning in to the Seed Chat with Tristan, a Christian community designed for the youth, by the youth. Join us in discussing the truths and debunking the myths. Let's grow closer to Christ together. Welcome, my brothers and sisters. It is your host, Tristan Guillaume, and you're listening to the Seed Chat with Tristan. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening, tuning in. Um, If this message means anything to you, please don't forget to share and subscribe. And today we have a very special guest, and her name is... Ashley. (laughs) Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Um, Tell us a little about yourself. Give us a little introduction. Um, My name's Ashley. I'm 20 years old. I'm originally from California, kind of moved around a lot, and just moved down to South Florida a couple weeks ago after an internship at Journey. Oh, wow. Nice. Thank you for that. Um, I hope you guys all get to meet her, talk to her. Um, I got recommended by I got recommended to her, met her, and she's just an amazing person. Before we get started on the topic of sex, chastity, and celibacy, I want to talk a quick icebreaker, and it is: What is your dream vacation destination? Ooh, it's probably Hawaii. I know a lot of people have gone there and stuff, but I've never been, and I love to surf and I love the beach and the ocean, so that's probably my number one. Yeah, I can't surf, but place I really <laughs> love to go is um, it's called. Victoria Falls, it's in Zimbabwe. It's like this beautiful waterfall. I want to go there, or I want to just look down into a volcano. Like, I don't care where it is, just see the magma like bubbling and just kind of get to touch it. I mean, not touch it, but look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm going to start us off with a quick Bible quote, Genesis 2, 24. It says, that is why man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And I want to start off with how would you define chastity? Um, chastity is just waiting for marriage as we're commanded in scripture. So just waiting until you're married to have sex and be intimate with your partner in that way. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people get chastity and celibacy, you know, kind of confused. Um, celibacy is like what the priests do or the pastors do where they don't have marriage or don't, you know, um, have sex their whole entire life. But chastity, um, I actually heard this from a YouTube couple. Um, I can't really remember the name, but they said like chastity is an integration of soul and body. Or like you kind of, you know, let your spirit and your body be united as one and you live your life in a way that spirit led. And, you know, that way, like it's not like necessarily denying your sexual passions, but rather, you know, kind of curbing them towards what God wants and kind of living that life out with God. And I want to know, is sex really that important? I have actually had a lot of conversations about this recently And I do believe that sex is a lot more important than we think it is, even as Christians still, because we read the scripture and we're like, okay, God says it's important. But if we have sex before marriage, we're creating soul ties. And if we have those soul ties before we're married and in covenant with someone else for eternity, then we're putting ourselves in a situation where even when we meet our future spouse and we're in that covenant, we still have these soul ties that are going to be everlasting with someone else. Yeah. So we're not truly giving our purest form of self to someone else when that's what sex was made for. Yeah, um, I think it's so easy just to kind of, um, I guess, identify sex as just like some sort of physical act, but really sex is more of a spiritual act. You know, it has mm. spiritual consequences, like you said, and your soul ties, uh, you being really emotionally drawn and kind of tied really to this person who is now forever part of your life. Mm-hmm. So like besides like the soul ties, can you see maybe any other like spiritual ties that might just come from maybe being attached to someone in the long run? Yeah, I think that especially when you get into having that with multiple people then it's like there's still a part of you that you've given to someone else in an emotional and spiritual level 
that you can't necessarily take back because that's not an act that you can go back on or say like, oh, I never did that. You know, you're stuck with a little part of you internally being given to someone else. So there may be a part of you that's not able to fully commit to someone else and have yourself be the purest form to give to someone else in marriage. Yeah, I totally agree. So what would you say to people who say like, why can't we have sex with our significant other before marriage where we both kind of feel respect or we both give consent? Like, isn't chastity just the church's way of saying, don't sleep around carelessly, but, you know, think more about who you're sex, having sex with and have more respect or do it until you have more respect and honor with them? Um, I think that churches encourage not having sex even before marriage, even if you've been dating someone for years and years and you know you're going to marry them and stuff, because until you're officially bonded in marriage, you're still technically single and there's no Mm -hmm. guarantee that something's not going to happen and that you're not going to end up not being together. And it specifically says in the Bible that sex is for marriage. And so if we do that outside of it, we never know what the consequences of that can be. And it's not just I mean, the spiritual and emotional parts are very important, but also um, just taking steps that you're not ready for could lead to consequences that you're not prepared for. Yeah, I mean, it could physically, it can tie you also physically because now you are obligated, you are more enticed to someone and you have to kind of uphold that as well. But um, I think the, the whole misconception of, you know, like just wait until you and someone are just, you know, close, you guys respect each other, you guys on each other, is that you, you, again, you aren't really seeing the spiritual aspect of it. You aren't understanding that this is more than you bargain for if that's what you're doing. And, um, you know, it's not something you should be trying to go into looking for. And you're not really, and you say you're respecting and honoring someone, but actually when you're doing that, you're disrespecting them, you're dishonoring them in the eyes of God. And that's what really matters. And you have to keep that in mind when you pursue a relationship with someone. So yeah, I think another one of those challenges people are trying to know is, you know, if we can't have sex, like where do we draw the line? Does oral sex even count? Yeah, I believe that it does. I've asked some of my friends a lot of self-reflection questions lately because they've been struggling with the same issue of where do they draw the line? And they've pointed out even themselves that oral sex can result in the same emotional and spiritual bondage as sex can. And that's because any type of sex, no matter what it is or what it involves, it's a form of intimacy in a way. And you're getting intimate with someone. You're seeing parts of them that are now in front of the world and you're getting to see a different part of them while also creating that emotional bondage, which can't be broken once it's already gone there. Yeah, um, one thing I kind of like keep in mind is like when people ask that question, um, think about like anal as well. I mean, those things also transmit, you know, sexually transmitted trans disease. So is that not considered sex? Is that not something that's really, you know, tying people together? And it's a moment of intimacy where you open up to someone and that's kind of happening. And those, um, when we try to blur the lines, when we try to, you know, play with what is right, what is wrong, you know, we are only hurting us in the long run because we are making it harder and harder for us to pull away and for us to, again, live that God honoring life. So yeah, I do 100% believe oral sex counts. And um, I think not necessarily the foreplay counts, but the foreplay leads a lot to it. And um, again, just really try to stay away from things that are going to steer you away from God and not nurture your relationship with someone, not help you honor and respect them and love them and you know be fulfilling to them in the way that God wants you to be. I believe that once you start taking those steps and you start taking those actions, 
you're going to say like, oh, well, I've already done this, so it's okay if I now do this. Or I've already taken this step, so it's, a f- it's sure. okay if I take one more step. And then that's going to eventually lead you to having sex, whether or not that's your intention in the first place. Yeah, it, again, it just opens up those gates, and it's really hard to pull back against the running waters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, realigning with God. I mean, it's possible, so don't think it's not possible, but it's it just it better prevent yourself from doing it than not. And like, what are ways that, you know, waiting till marriage helps you honor your future spice or even benefit your relationships with the God of your friends? Yeah, I think um, the biggest part is having your purity being given to your future spouse because that's what it was made for. It's sex is a beautiful gift, but it's beautiful for the covenant of marriage. Yeah, in the right context. Yeah, exactly. And so if you wait until marriage, then you're able to be in that correct covenant that we're given and blessed with in scripture, and we're able to be in that with God. And so I think there's a Bible verse, and it's Ecclesiastes 4.12, and it says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so if you come in with your strand, your spouse's strand, and God's strand, and those alone, then it won't be broken. But if you bring all these other things in, you're going to have all these ties pulling you away from that strand when it could be stronger if you just wait and give your purity to your future spouse, so that way you can be in that three covenant with God. Yeah, I think one of the greatest honors or one of the greatest loves we've ever seen is when Jesus, before we were even born, you know, gave his life for us. And how amazing would it be that you know you and your wife, before you guys even met each other, you guys had such respect and honor for each other that you were going to uphold each other in intimacy and you know begin to live a new life. And that whole sort of, I'm waiting for the one. I'm not going to mess around, do any games. I'm not going to you know, disvalue who I'm going to be with because I respect them so highly and I respect myself as well so highly as a way to, again, uphold God's word and, you know, live a life in God's love. And yeah, so again, people ask me this question as well. And it's one thing I think is very, um, I guess, combating what we're trying to accomplish here as the kingdom of God. It's like, what if you get married and you found that your partner cannot please you sexually? I think that especially because if you're coming into a marriage where you haven't had experience in those areas, obviously it's going to be a work in progress at first, Mm -hmm. and it's going to probably take some time for you to learn the other person and get to that intimacy level. So I don't think that it's something of like, oh, we're married, we've had sex, like it's not right. When in reality, like it may just take a little bit of time and you figuring out some things and stuff. But I still think if you're married to someone, it happened for a reason and God put you together for a purpose. And if you step into that and really embrace that fact, everything else on an intimacy level will just come along with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, the taste testing thing is kind of absurd because you you feel like you need to try something else when you're really giving up the true prize. Like we know it is a true prize. We know it is good. And like you said, the sexual intimacy, the sexual relation or, you know, how they do in bed isn't necessarily the, it isn't at all the most viable thing in a relationship. It is putting God first. It's you guys loving, supporting each other in all aspects of your life. Might not be the best, but one of the things I love about, again, waiting for marriage and honoring your partner is you guys both have that stance where you don't really know any experiences and you guys can grow and learn to, you know, love you and find out what you like and find out what I like and kind of grow in this relationship where we can nurture each other. Be like, you know what? I didn't like this. Can we try that? And we, and you have that knowledge that we both are going through this process and it's not a matter of them comparing me with someone who they've already been with, but them accepting me and trying to help me find myself, my sexual, um, my sexual pleasures and helping them find their sexual pleasures as well. 
And another question I've I heard a couple of times is like, what if you've been, you know, keeping yourself sexually pure, but your partner has not done so in the past? Yeah, so um, I guess I'll give a little bit of my story so you can understand my perspective on this is when I was in high school, I was with a guy um, and we ended up dating for like two and a half years or so. And I had gone into the relationship and told him that I was saving myself for marriage. And he essentially convinced me that he was doing the same thing. Um, and about three months into the relationship, he took my purity without consent. And so I was in the position of... I'm sorry the, that happened to you. Yeah, I was in the position of the mindset that now because I was no longer pure and it wasn't my choice that God didn't love me anymore, God didn't want me anymore. However, that wasn't really the case, but that's the mindset that I continued on with. And after that, I did get with a couple different partners because my mindset was so far from God and I felt like that was something that I was unworthy of being with God anymore and that I didn't have the mindset of, okay, now I'm saving myself for marriage because I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think that recommitting yourself was a really, you know, a thing that people do. Um, But the more I looked into it, the more that I saw, like, if I met someone and that was who God wanted me to be with, I would save myself for marriage for them. And so once I started reading scripture and really seeing what God wanted for my life, I realized that the verse that says the old is gone, the new is here, you know, we're new creations in Christ. And so if we really believe that and live that out, then no matter what sexual acts we've done in the past, we can recommit ourselves to purity until marriage. And so I think if we're having the conversation of, myself or my partner have already had sex and the other one is pure having that conversation of you know I'm waiting until marriage is that something you're going to be okay with slash you're going to respect and if not then they're not the person that God has for you you know if that's the steps that they need to take and you're not ready for that or that's not what you want and you see the importance of waiting till marriage or Mm -hmm. if you've already had sex waiting with your next partner and recommitting yourself to that for God you know, someone is going to be understanding of that. And if they're not, then that's not who God wants you to be with. Yeah, I 100% agree. Again, I'm sorry to hear that for you. Yeah. Um, I, there's not really a misconception, but sometimes I think people, like the church, we oftentimes like neglect talking about sex in general. And people don't really know that there is such thing as re-purifying yourself, you know, re-committing yourself for your wife, for your future husband, and, you know, allowing God to kind of work with you. And mm-hmm. You turn from your ways, God does miraculous things. And I'm, if this is you right now, and you feel like maybe you are the partner who's not upholding your other partner's sexual, you know, purity, um, you can always turn away. You can let them know, like, hey, you know what? Like, maybe not this time. Maybe let's, let's try, let me refocus on what the real implications of sexual impurity is. And let me kind of focus, maybe re- shift towards God and refocus towards him. But one thing that we have to remember is that that is possible. That it's not a it's not a one time thing. It's as many times you need to get up to fight mm-hmm. for God. It's it's possible and you have to keep doing that and keep striving and keep moving towards him. And it might seem hard at first because um I I'm sure you probably felt, you know, attacked, um, neglected, maybe like God has even left you. But um you have to keep moving forward and get to realize that it's not it wasn't God's will. And it wasn't what's supposed to happen, but you are being transformed through this. And you have a wonderful testament now you can share with others. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a thing to keep in mind that it's always possible to reshift, to refocus. Yeah, I think it's also super important, kind of what you were saying is, um, just going off that, is putting 
making sure you're not putting yourself in situations that can lead to sexual temptation. So especially if you're in a relationship, like not being in the same bed together, not being alone in the same apartment together, like don't put yourself in those situations because even if that's not the intention going in and you're just watching a movie alone or whatever it is, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, don't put yourself in those situations because those are when things can lead to other things where you start kissing and then you start, you know, moving steps forward and then you're like, you you kind of look back on the night and you're like, how did we go from just a kiss to this, you know? And then once you do that, you can't take it back. So it is like, you just want to make sure that you're setting boundaries with whoever you're with and saying like, okay, A, we're not going to be alone together. We're not going to be in the same bed together and just setting those boundaries ahead of time. So you're both on the same page. Again, bring God into your relationships. Yeah. But another question I want to ask is how has um, society's view on sex really caused us to like devalue ourselves or even others? Yeah, I think especially like um, in Christianity today, and it's not necessarily every church or every pastor or anything like that, but it does seem like kind of what you were saying is that sex is not something that's talked about enough, especially in youth. And so um, at my old church, we had a youth night and we were just having the conversation about sex and my pastors and I and my friends and I were talking afterwards and just having a debrief with everyone and they were like we don't really think that like sex is a big topic and my friends were saying that who are around my age and so that was a little bit surprising to me because reading some of the notes from just my old friends and my old students from California and stuff hearing that it was like no sex is actually a big topic and they wanted it to be addressed more in the church and so I think it's something that needs to be talked about because younger and younger people are experiencing that and going through that in society today but it is something that is looked down upon as like oh if you've had sex like you're not pure anymore you're not as worthy you're not this or that when in reality like you don't know the circumstances behind it where it could have been it could have been like the rape thing or it could have been something that wasn't consensual you never really know. So I think it's important to have those conversations and make sure, especially in the church and for believers and stuff, to make them know that no matter what they've done, they're still made new in Christ and that they can come back from that and they, they can receive redemption and revival and restoration from all that and they can become a new creation in Christ and they can stop saying all the yeses, you know, and start saying no and start learning how to put up those boundaries and to move forward in a relationship and covenant with Christ before being in one in marriage. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I think this even happened with a lot of the American system in sexual education where it was like they just talk, they didn't really talk about it and that led to, you know, birth rates going up and all these teenage pregnancies and it's really important that you have those conversations. People aren't left in the dark and aren't, like you said, um, doing the wrong things before they even realize that they are wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I want kind of want to like shift it maybe even towards like the way society, like outside the church, like how has their view on sex, you know, devalued ourselves and how, you know, what, I think a lot of times that the fact that society makes, you know, sex so mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, so talked about, so open, so something that's um, acceptable before the before the boundaries of marriage, you know, I think mm-hmm. it really causes people to kind of give into that and kind of, you know, lead them astray. Like, what, are, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I went to University of Kentucky, so it's a big SEC school, big party school. And that was kind of the thing around there is you would go to the frat parties or you'd go to the house parties and they'd come back and be like, oh, how many girls did you get? How many guys did you get? And that was a big thing of it was the popular thing to sleep around. It was the popular thing to get with as many people as you want. 
And so I think that it really started to devalue, especially like women in the situations that I was in, where I would hear um, some of my frat friends talk about like how many different girls they got with and like the girls started becoming numbers versus names, you know, and they didn't know their names. They just knew like how many girls they had slept with that night yeah, versus the like, body count, yeah, exactly. And it just becomes like, you're just a number. You're not a person. You're not a body. Like you're not a mind. You're just a number. And I think that's like what you said touches on such a big problem of us, you know, being so broken, being so disconnected because mm-hmm. people are wrongly using us and wrongly you know mistreating us and i mean if you're that person or if you felt like you've done it before i'm again there's always that way to change but when you objectify someone and just use them for your pleasure and use them as a way for you to escape from your reality you're 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 valuing them you're putting them at a point where they're no more than an object and like they're disposable and no human's disposable no you know no person deserves to be disrespected like that dishonored like that and when we had that whole sort of mindset I was like oh you know sex is just whatever have fun you are putting you're hurting someone's spirits like we talked about before with the soul ties and then you're hurting them physically by just detaching it's like you're you're attaching something you're just ripping it off right away and those those bonds those connections are just so mainstream it hurts me because people don't really learn or understand what's truly happening but we have to, you know, begin to shift towards that mindset that this is not, you know, something that should be socially acceptable, should be, like you said, like the games that the guys play. I mean, I've heard that a ton of times from, you know, people I've just been around or I've talked to or friends from stories that they've heard. And that that causes us, unfortunately, more to, um, you know, disvalue the woman in our society. But, I mean, in a sense, they're also even disvaluing themselves because they don't realize what they're doing to themselves and how they're hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that you have to really keep in mind that yeah. you, know, you are more than you know. Mm-hmm. And all your actions, all your thoughts are spiritual just as much as they are physical. Mm-hmm. And make sure you live a life that follows that. Yeah. Another thing that really pains me to see is, um, you know, when people say like they find their value or they find their worth or self-confidence in sex. Like what do you think is so wrong with those statements or those ideas or those thoughts? I think honestly, placing your worth in anything of this world is always going to leave you feeling empty afterwards. And the reason being is because sex is just an action to society, but there's so much more meaning behind it. So if we put our worth in something that society sees as just an action, then we're focusing on that action, which can be taken away, which can lead to all these other things. When in reality, our worth is found in our God, our worth is found in our creator. And that's something that's eternal. That's something that can never be taken away from us, where sex, money, anything that's pleasurable in this world can be. Yeah, everything in this world will go to ruin. It mm-hmm. will disappear one day or another. And if your your confidence, your self-worth isn't built on something that's eternal, isn't built on something that's, you know, unshaking like the love God has for you, like what the price God paid for you, then it's not worth it. And you shouldn't lower your standards. You shouldn't lower yourself to something like that. And I think that idea or that kind of thought comes when people are, you know, so disconnected from the truth, so disconnected from what God, you know, has already claimed and spoken over them. Um, but you have to really understand that, you know, you shouldn't be using other people to find your self-worth. You mm-hmm. have to find it in God, then yeah. in yourself, then even in other people. You know, you can't, we're putting ourselves too low. Mm-hmm. that we should be having higher respect and higher honor for ourselves. And the last question I want to talk about for today, and you've been doing such an amazing job. Thank you so much, Ashley. Yeah, thank you. Is should we as Christians be pushing society to be more God-honoring or pure in other arenas of our life, not just focusing on sexual purity? 
Like, should we put the same emphasis on mental purity as well as spiritual purity? Yeah, I do believe that sexual purity, mental purity, all of that has a huge effect on our lives. And there was a sermon that I heard a couple weeks ago, and it was saying that whatever you're pouring into your heart comes out of the mouth because the tongue cannot be tamed. And so I think that's so important is that whatever you're watching, whatever you're putting into your heart, whatever you're listening to, whoever you're surrounding yourself with, that's going to naturally come out of your mouth. And if we want to be a God-honoring society, we need to make sure that we're putting into ourselves God-honoring things so we're pouring out of ourselves yeah. the same. Yeah, I 100% agree on like so much. I think we're so focused I know a lot of my friends, and even I thought for a long time, but like, the church is really just focused on only sexual purity and only, you know, making sure you don't have sex before marriage and, you know, what you shouldn't, but those things. But we should really be focusing on, you know, all aspects of purity, you know, being mentally pure with our thoughts, being um, physically pure with the way we respect others and, you know, you know, give to them and tithe and all this stuff. And we have to make sure that, you know, we're sharing the whole truth of God and not just, you know, focusing and like, you know, identifying one truth of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, begin to pour that into the world where we get known and, you know, Christianity and God's known by all the great things he does, not just by attacking, identifying one thing. Yeah, I kind of see it as like if you have a circle of everything that makes a part of you, you, you know, you have like your sexual aspects, you have your spiritual, you have your emotional, your mental, and that's all making up a big circle. If you have one part of that that's, you know, completely covered and great and stuff, you still have so many broken parts of the circle. And so you can't give your fullness to God if you don't have all parts of the circle covered. So that's from sexual sexual acts to, yeah. you know, your thoughts to whatever you're thinking, like, respecting other people all that stuff is part of the circle that god created you for and if you're not living out just one small aspect of that you're not going to experience the fullness of what god has for you amen thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of c tap with tristan we hope you guys have a wonderful afternoon thank you for listening to the c chat with tristan i hope you're able to receive what was spoken today and that god can continue to strengthen you in your journey If you were touched by today's episode or believe it could benefit a friend, please share on any social platform. Don't be afraid to reach out to us regarding any questions at Tristan Guillaume on Instagram or email at TristanGuillaume16 at Yahoo.com. Hope to see you next time and have a blessed week.